Welcome to Impacting Jamaica, where we shine the spotlight on the many but often ignored positive happenings, activities, projects and investments at every level across every sector to inspire, motivate and excite people everywhere. Impacting Jamaica is powered by the Philip and Christine Gore Family Foundation, the Jamaica Public Service Company, Manpower and Maintenance Services Limited, Red Stripe, Kyramed and Proven Investments Limited. Nastasia Wright, welcome to Impacting Jamaica. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to share with you. Awesome, awesome. You are the co-founder of Mind Food International and a sought-after HR and leadership consultant. Before we get into Mind Food and your amazing accomplishments, we'd love to explore your journey coming up. We want to explore you. So describe for our listeners your early beginnings as a child coming up in Almontown, Jamaica. Most definitely. No, I was born and raised, as you said, in Almontown, in a city community in Kingston, um, Jamaica, right where Hero, Cir Hero Circle is. Um, and from as early as 10 years old, I can remember coming home from primary school one day um, just, you know, being told by a young man who ran halfway to meet me um, to tell me that my house was on fire. <laughs> no, wow. I thought literally, was, literally, I, but I thought he was joking. I was like, listen, this young man, he gave, he gave so much trouble. I was thinking to myself, he is definitely just trying to throw me off today. Mm. So I shrugged my shoulders and I kept moving. But by the time I actually went, you know, I got to my lane, I realized that there were some things that were off. So I saw my great grandmother um, just looking perturbed. My granduncle was on the road. People were standing by the gate. When I mm. got to the gate, there was no gate. The whole house was burned flat to wow. the ground. That's wow. my earliest traumatic event. Um, but, you know, I must tell you that living in Almonton for me wasn't, it wasn't the worst experience because I didn't even know I was poor. I just knew that when I went to school, there weren't certain things that I could speak about. So others would talk mm -hmm. about, you know, being away and um, traveling and, you know, going to Disney World and getting all these different things I right. couldn't say that mm. so I figured that maybe my family didn't have it but I didn't know that I was poor I never went to bed hungry I just knew that we didn't have everything as others may have I talk about in school um, but I must tell you that even though I had gone through that um, losing of the house I, I did well in school I always was a, a, a brilliant kid Mm. and but I remember after that house burnt down it was so hard for my family it was about 10 of us as relatives displaced um sometimes we caught on a bed <laughs> sometimes <laughs> we were on the floor we had to rotate all these different things oh boy. Mm -hmm. but you know about eight months after I um I came home again to some sad news this time. It was my great-grandmother who, you know, as I, I came through the gate, she said to me, Sade, which is my nickname. She said, Sade, you know, hear your father dead. She's and not. I stopped in my tracks because I was saying to myself, what does she mean by that? Mm. Is that even possible? Now, my father was a police officer, and that day he was really and truly 
shot and killed while in the line of duty. On the job, yes. On the job. And it was horrible for me as a child. I, I don't have words. How old were um, you? There, 10, still 10. Mm -hmm. There were many days that I was literally getting up, hoping that somebody would pinch me. And I would wake up and it's a dream. And I say, yeah. okay, yeah, it's not happening for real. <laughs> you yeah. know, it, it, it's a dream and I don't have to worry. And I'd be back in my father's arms. My father was my absolute world, I must tell you. Yeah, my you were father a daddy's was, girl. Yes, mm -hmm. a, a true, thorough daddy's girl. <laughs> On, you know, Christmas, I get gifts. I get gifts during um valentine's day i get chocolate and roses and we go out we have daddy daughter time and, and you know so it, it does never, not matter it never mattered the, the um you know whether your family had you know a lot of riches or wealth he was Absolutely. set on taking care of you exactly it, it mm. didn't matter to me what we had and then guess what although i was in a poverty stricken community mm -hmm. when my dad came and my dad took me to the country and my dad would put me on a plane on a tinsel pen and send me to negril so that i could then get a taxi to come for us to take us to lucy listen it, we were living like the best <laughs> yes 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 and you, you were know, you did go on a plane you could have told your friends that too of course <laughs> you know he ensured that we had certain experiences that mm. he didn't mm -hmm. and you know it was such a major loss for me um you can only imagine how depressed i was um not that i was clinically um diagnosed understood but now that i'm looking back i really was as a child i was always a quiet kid i think i grew silent mm. during well after his loss but again girls still doing good in school you know because um, i was going micro practice in primary at the time mm. and then um i was in five grade when he died and um passed for woolmers um the following year uh, moving forward, no, I'm in. I'm I'm at Woolmer's High School for girls. My mother and I never had the best of relationships because our personalities were so far. Um, she was this assertive, um, loud. Um, she she and I don't mean it in any negative way. I'm just trying to explain. You know yeah, how my mom, how strong my mom was. She was she was strong. I remember that about her. And um, we were different because she would always, that type of mother that would come home and start quarreling and say, you, you didn't do anything in the house. I you never wash the dishes. Yes. 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 And yes. you don't even sweep out the house from you come from school and all these different things. And, you know, um, so my mother and I, we never really took tea. But I must tell you, um, as I got older and she started to open up more about how she was raised, I started to understand that she never got that love. And so she didn't necessarily know how to show love right. versus my grandmother on my father's side who did tell her kids that she loved them, that she was, you know, it, mm -hmm. it was different. Um, uh, so I'm fast forwarding now. I'm now at Woolmer's High School for Girls. I'm in fifth form. And um, this, this Saturday, my mother was having an asthma attack. Listen, in our house is regular occurrence because wow. my stepfather has a woodwork shop in the yard. And oh, my so mother's an asthmatic. Yes. Mm. 
But this time she was out of the house the whole day. She came back with the asthma attack. So I wasn't sure if something triggered her off while she was on the road or whatever the case was, but she came back not feeling well. And I remember she was there just tarrying, tarrying and saying, boy, I don't really want to go to the hospital because of whatever, whatever reason until I said to her, I think you need to go. I got my mother a taxi, watched her go in the taxi to KPH. Um, I had to stay home with my younger brother because it was just him alone. At It would have just been him alone left at home. Mm-hmm. And of course, that could not work. And let me tell you, that was the last time I saw my mother alive. Oh, my God. As she went on that taxi. Later on in the night, while I was trying to get some rest, um, my stepfather called to say that he got a call from the hospital and someone was saying that his wife died. Mm-hmm. He didn't believe, but there was just something in me that felt that it was true because I was the last person to see her. Right. So you saw how she really was. And I remember that she really could not breathe. Mm. And um, I believed, I really did believe. But, you know, you know, Shellyanne, I was just in total disbelief that I was saying, God, you took my father. Like, I can't go survive. No, mm. because I spoke of how far and, and different we were in terms of personalities. Those last few months that I had with my mother, it was like we were sisters. Yeah. It was, we got so close. The relationship was so loving. We were just, it was, it was just so blissful. I must tell you, I remember her telling me, you know, when the last, last report card she got, and I came first to the class, she was saying to me, listen, I don't want you, you don't have to pass all eight CXEs, you know, I just need you to pass six. Can you pass six for me? I wanted mm-hmm. to go to six form. She, she's just letting me know. I don't want to pressure you, but I just wanted to get six <laughs> because it was her dream to yes. see me yeah. in that six yeah, form. Yes, mm-hmm. that six form uniform. And she died this Saturday night, late the Saturday night, Monday morning. I had six exams. She's on. I had done some paper. Um, once and the paper ones are usually multiple choice so I was she died in June so I was now going to do all my paper twos my mom died my mom died and I had to go to school like 24 hours after Later. that to do yes. exams and, and you, you went my relative, of course my <laughs> relatives were saying Nas, don't go because you never study and we're all going through this thing. Because the truth is, when someone dies and you know, when you know that your relative is sick and they die, it's, it's almost as if it takes a little edge off because somewhere in your mind, you, ha- you would have questioned mm-hmm. how much longer you would have with that person. And you'd have started when... to prepare mentally. A little exactly. Yeah. yeah. We never got that. She was just gone. And it took courage, but what all I could remember while I was putting my clothes on, heading out to school, was her saying, I just need you to pass six. That was all I remembered. By the Mm -hmm. time I got to Woolmers and I stopped at the gate, the security guard was her very good friend. Mm -hmm. 
and I told him the news and the crying started because, yes, you know, when you go through these things, you know, every time somebody asks you a question, you have to, it's like a reliving everything. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Yeah. So sad to say, I spent that whole day crying. I remember doing that social studies paper too. I even remember what subject it was. And um, that paper was, it was torn at some point because the tears and the penny. It was wet. It was wet. Mm. But, you know, I went through all the exams. I didn't miss not one of them. Graduation was a pain for me because when they told us to stand up and face our parents and sing the graduation song, I felt mm, like I wished, oh. I wished the earth would just swallow me. I said, God, why did I even come here today? You mm. know, but um, went through all my exams. When the results were, were out, you know, I would hear our friends celebrating or whatever. I planned I wasn't going to go for nothing. Because I was thinking to myself that, listen, me feel everything. Um, I was under a lot of stress. Yeah. Didn't get to study. So I said, okay, clearly I'm not going to do well. I was preparing to resit a lot of those subjects. But my great coordinator, she called me instead. And, you know, she was so excited. And I'm saying, why is this woman so excited when I'm going to feel everything? But, you know, Shelly, I, I ended up with six twos and two ones out of the eight wow. subjects. Wow. You know? Wow. So you, you achieve your mother's desire and more. All and eight. More. Mm. All eight. Not even a pass in one. And, you know, it, it's, I get the opportunity today to stand in front of um, government delegation in front of senators, mayors in, in the US. And every single time I'm doing this speech, telling my story, I tell people this was all God's grace because mm. I don't know how I was able to do that. That's amazing. I That's a miracle. Explain. It, it is. Because it's, it's not a question of your ability. It's just the, the circumstances around having to, to use oh, your yeah. ability, you know. That is more than the person, that's grace. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Grace yeah. and 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 um you know grit. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that too even... grit and commitment to say I'm I'm gonna honor my mom. I'm still going. Yeah, I'm and, still going. And there may have been some of that, don't you think, inside of you to say, I'm gonna do what mommy said. I'm gonna Yes, yeah. it, there was. Yeah. And 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 I somehow felt I somehow felt guilty too because. I remember um, when, you know, there was a disagreement that we had months before she died, but close to when she died. And she said something about, oh, I knew, like she was saying, oh, I know I'll never have the love that you have for your father. And that was just a lie. Yeah, man. And I I said, yeah. That must have been hard to hear too, you know? It was very hard for me to hear. And, you know, when I was told of her death, I didn't cry until like the day after when I remembered her saying that that hurt so bad. So whatever I could to honor what she wanted, I did it. But I, I decided not to go to sixth form because I was just dealing with so much emotionally. Mm-hmm. I just didn't think I could do a full um, school regiment. And so um, I did like even classes. But you know, my grandmother who was living in the States, which is my mother's mother, she, by this time, she was settled back home because she came back home. She just decided she was coming home. 
just before my mother died. And mm-hmm. so my brother and I, we moved to live with that grandmother. Where was that? Well, uh, the, in Spanish Town. So we're okay. now gone to Spanish Town. And that was a whole different experience too because my brother started getting out of hand, poor thing. He was going through his own yeah, he was acting out. issues. Yeah. Yes, you know. So although he had his dad, he didn't have his mother anymore and you know it was it was just something and um but you know 14 months after my mother passed away that grandmother died from cancer and that hit me like a ton of bricks that is a ton of bricks Uh, that is a ton of bricks Mm -hmm. to see someone deteriorate to such levels it broke me (laughs) It, it broke me. I, I just did not know what to do with myself. And um, I couldn't, there were days I couldn't even go home early because I didn't, I just didn't want to see her in that condition. And I think out of all the deaths, <laughs> the deaths that I've been through, that one, that one did me real bad. And now a word from our sponsors. We want to help you mark every milestone, celebrate the joy of living. Cheers to the best in life. Drink and live responsibly. A message from Red Stripe, part of the Heineken Company. Searching for a one-stop solution to all your facility's maintenance needs? Visit Manpower Maintenance Services Sales and Distribution Center. We stock a wide range of COVID-19 washroom, cleaning and other supplies, gardening tools, chemicals and more. Our experts are always ready to give you the best advice. Manpower Maintenance Services Sales and Distribution Center, 14 Collins Green Avenue, Kingston, Freeport Commercial Center, Montego Bay and 33 Ward Avenue, Mandeville. Visit or call us today, 876-920-47215. Welcome back to our podcast. Why why did that one in particular more than your mom, more than your daddy's girl dad? Why why grandma? And grandma would wow. have come back. Um, so I don't mm-hmm. think you would have necessarily spent as much of your life with her. So dig a little for us. Why did that one affect you? Sure. So sure. So the most painful one was my mother, the one that I could not understand at all my grandmother was because Mm. this is now after me feeling like a complete reject right and I'm now settling with her she is I must tell you after my daddy my grandmother is like my most favorite person in the world (laughs) (laughs) oh okay get together oh yeah never heard this woman raised her voice I have never seen her be unkind to everyone she is everybody's mother and to see her go through what she went through made me lose my faith. I lost mm. my faith, Shelly. Wow. I, I, w- I was baptized at age 13. I knew God for myself. And I'm telling you, by the time my grandmother died, I never want, I listen, nobody, I didn't even want to go to a church door. I was done. I was done. I said, God, you clearly don't care for me. Mm. And um, to see somebody suffer, I mean, pain. She had a cancerous tumor. By the time she died, my grandmother had a stomach that looked like someone was nine months pregnant. I remember when they did a second surgery on her to open her up to see if they could just remove the cancerous. 
parts and they closed her up back and said there was nothing they could do. At that point, when she regained consciousness, she was begging that God would take her. She was begging to be dead. I mean, imagine a 17 year old seeing all of that. I was tired. That's Shelley. a lot of life. That's a whole lifetime in your in a few years. Yeah. Yeah. I was tired. I was I was stressed. And remember, you know, I grew up in young violence. I grew up in poverty. I've seen so many different things. Seeing people my age go to jail dead. Young, young women who, you know, on their third, fourth child, they're not working, no education, all these different things. I was saying, God, what kind of life is this? So how, how at this stage in life have you become such a light, such mm -hmm. uh, an inspiration uh, the co-founder of Mind Food International, an HR and leadership consultant with a lot of positive, hopeful, mm -hmm. enduring light to organizations, to people. What yeah. happened? How did you manage to overcome? How did you become this person? Yeah. And that's, a, that's an excellent question because everybody wants to know that. How do you leave from such darkness into to such po to positivity? Yes. But, you know, I was always a dreamer as a child. So even though things were happening to me, my imagination never left me. And even when I was young, I would always see myself on a stage doing something. I don't know what I was doing, but I would always be in crowds. And by the time my grandmother had died, I had enrolled into UTEC. So I was going to go do my business degree to show you that although I did not have relatives that I was you know um, accountable to I still had something in me that told me that I needed to get somewhere and so I took the necessary steps I said you know what regardless um, I'm going through a hard time emotionally spiritually however there must be some purpose out there for me and I finished UTEC with my degree. I got a scholarship, thank God. And um, I found different ways to keep myself going in terms of sending myself to school, all these different things. And it wasn't until I met up on a former classmate from UTEC and this gentleman, you know, brought me back to church. We then got married and then the puzzles start to fit together. I, I started sharing my story. Shelly, I decided that I wasn't going to hide anymore or keep it within because maybe somebody needs to hear what I've been through mm -hmm. so that they can know that regardless of what's happening to you, you don't have to stay in that rut. It doesn't mean that your story is done. By the time I started sharing the story, um, we started our company sending morning inspirations. It turned into books. It turned into companies calling us in to share our stories. It turned into having events internationally, becoming governor general awardees because of our community development mm -hmm. projects, um, then being appointed UN um, ambassadors. It just, it just started to get so big because I chose not to allow that past or my situation to define me. And so, I became driven. So would you say that there was purpose in your pain? Yes. 
there there's always purpose in the pain and I know a lot of persons are listening and saying but why do I have to go to such an all-time yeah, low yeah you know that's a serious question serious question why that's why but guess what you know Shelly if I never went through that I would not be able to look at someone who is grieving to say, I understand and really understand. True. I would not be able to go into the inner city and see a young girl and say, you can actually get out of this without giving her fluff, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. being an actual testimony to say, yes, it can be done. You know, it puts me in that spot to really be in a place to help someone. And it's not just words. Mm-mm. and the word that comes to mind is a word that I'm making up it's like you've become a puller upper oh I love you, it you can pull up somebody from the ground because you know that ground so well oh yeah I've been planted for many years deep in the soil didn't think I was ever gonna get any ear mm-hmm. and I'm gonna give you another term that we have coined um, my husband and I because we had a radio program by that name we're hope dealers ah Awesome. Dealers and hope. Boy, so the world needs like, the world yes. needs some hope dealers today. You know, can I trust tell you? Trust me, <laughs> trust mm. me. And so, you know, the, there is purpose in your pain. And I, I bless God that I am actually in a position now to help many others go through what they're going through and come out even greater. Not to say that the pain stops because. You know, I'm doing this, I'm speaking all the time, but when Mother's Day come, I'm a complete wreck. Mm-hmm. I don't even want to enjoy Mother's Day, right? When you have specific days that will come around, I, I can't function because I'm still going through it. But at the same time, I can be a blessing to someone as well who is having similar experiences or circumstances. Yeah. You know, the scripture talks about occupying until you know as as people who of faith it talks about occupying the land and being present mm-hmm. and of service yeah. and it, that sounds like exactly what you're doing being exactly. present and being of service to anyone to your neighbor and you know your neighbor is anybody mm-hmm. you know, so so that's really really inspirational to hear and yes. I, I assume that those values and that strength that grit that you referred to went into how you created mind food international and some of the other um consultancies you've created in human resources and leadership tell us about some of those initiatives that you've created mind food international what a name mind food so food for the mind talk to us about (laughs) that (laughs) exactly sure so i remember when my husband and i we weren't even husband and wife yet we were just dating two crazy kids have nothing and said we were going to get married and nobody believed us. Um, one day he came with an idea and said, hey, let's send, some, let's send out some morning inspirations um, to these people because we had a lot of emails. And I was saying, man, I don't think we really should bombard people. And he kept asking, kept saying it until I gave in. That day in May that we sent out the first food for the mind, because Shelly, you said it, the <laughs> first food for the mind we got such an overwhelming response from people and they were saying, man, this thing really helped me today. And it was a Monday morning too. And they were saying, boy, um, keep them coming. I needed the inspiration. I sent it to my colleagues at work. 
um, yada, yada, yada. And it was just, it just kept going. We kept doing it every day. And then one day my husband's cousin said to him, you know, food for the mind is kind of long. Why don't you just coin it mind food? And I was like, yeah. And so, so that day in May, nine years ago, mind food started. And what turned out to be simply emails then became books, then became showing up to events, having mm. speaks, uh, having talks, um, being guest speakers. Then we started having our own events, empowerment events. At this time, people never did do empowerment events. Like we were doing them free. Wow. <laughs> and we were having them almost every other month just to you know and we had nothing we had nothing but we were just going off of passion and then soon after we started getting engagements to go into corporate into companies to help them um, not just so much empowerment but on leadership because everything we do is is coming from leadership principles mm-hmm. so today mindful international is a leadership in institution and HR consultancy. Oh, HR that's quite because, an evolution. Yes, yes it, it definitely is because it slowly began to take shape. When we started having our events out of um, our island um, internationally in the diaspora all over the place, we noticed that our group, the, the attracted group that were drawn to us were actually professionals. Hmm. And so we started to niche out. It's for everybody, but we realized that we were called to corporate. Um, I have the HR experience. My husband is leadership and marketing. And um, we, just, we, we just started to build. Today, MindFood has over 30 employees. Um, it's just amazing to see what has happened um, because of our involvement with um, still Almontown and Bogwalk, where my husband is from. Uh, we received the Governor General General's Award for Excellence in Leadership for 2019 for St. Catherine. Um, then the following year after that, or was it two years after that, we got picked up by the United Nations as peace ambassadors mm. um, to help as consultants um, to eco-socioeconomic, um, so- <laughs> yeah, no, yes. Socioeconomic. Socioeconomic, forgive yes. me, um, issues worldwide. And, you know, wow. it's just amazing. It's amazing. That is amazing. And that we is amazing. Ourselves young people. So it's amazing to see the journey, but we embrace it. We're very humble people. We don't know how to be anything else but that. And we're just all about our purpose and our passion um, and spreading light. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're almost the- we're almost out of time, but I just want to say that I think your mom, your dad, your grandma must be smiling wherever they are at where you are right now and what you're doing in the world how you are impacting the world and impacting Jamaica I unfortunately we we have to end here but I'm going to invite you back to talk some more about what you're doing and to talk some more about leadership and unity and you know just some people skills that we need today so oh, I'm yes. going to invite you back to talk about that and some other things as we go. We look at mental health and happiness. So awesome. we will end here because we're out of time. But thank you so much for being such an yes. impactful Jamaican and an impactful world citizen. Thank you for being with us on Impacting Jamaica. Thank you.
Thank you for having me. Impact in Jamaica is powered by the Philip and Christine Gore Family Foundation, Manpower and Maintenance Services Limited, the Jamaica Public Service Company, Red Stripe, Kyramed, and Proven Investments Limited. If you or anyone you know is involved with projects and activities that excite, motivate, and encourage, send us an email to impactingjamaica at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Do join us again for another in the series on Google Podcast, Audible, Spotify, Podcast Addict, and Stitcher. You can also visit us at impactingjamaica.com.